Something must have happened. <laughs> Video game news. <laughs> Five minutes before the podcast, just start Googling video game news. Uh... I've got a headline. Streamers should pay game developers royalties, argue Stadia creative director. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, welcome to The Forecast, episode 115. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced and sometimes released on Thursdays. This episode, right before two old guys yell at each other on a debate stage. Very excited about yeah. that. Uh, we are a community of people. You know, I thought about calling this like the pre-DP, but then I was like, hmm. Pre-DP? Like that. Yeah, the pre-debate podcast. But then I was like, we're going to cover it extensively. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 right. Exactly. But anyways. Uh, DP has other meanings, I think, is that, the problem. That was the real... Yes, thank you. All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, we're a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon Community, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, WeTheHorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I am Aaron, joined by a couple additional peeps. Alex? Hello, my name is Alex. Jake John? Uh, Hello, my name is Jake John. Caleb? That's me. And OE93? Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Well, actually, I thought I would start this week. Is that okay? What have you been playing lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been playing lately, Aaron? This better be gun. It's actually garbage. Really, really oh, playing a couple oh, things. God damn it! Uh, number one, squad. Play a little bit of squad with Frank and Alex and Caleb. I have never been shot from so many <clears> different <throat> directions and have no idea what's going on in a game before, as much as that game. Is a squad that game Frank talked about for like ten hours? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's that game no, no. that we all decided. Now, yeah, oh, we'll go play it. It no, just no. It's exhausting. Yeah, th- that was exactly the vibe I got. From Frank's Maybe. description, was I never want to play that? Yeah, it seems <laughs> like try PUBG, but worse. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I, I feel like it is definitely not PUBG. It is like halfway between like a super milsim and um, Battlefield. Yeah, but see, mm-hmm. you've described the thing of you get into a firefight and you don't know where you got shot from and you're dead, and that is pretty much me every time I play PUBG. So I feel mm-hmm. like I would just get the same feeling again. I understand that. I feel that. I, feel I that. will say I was like really high in the game in the last podcast and we played together and those matches were nowhere near the quality of the ones that I was <laughs> describing in the podcast. So are you saying it's Aaron's fault? Yeah, probably. Aaron ruined my games. Oh, yeah. At one point, Aaron and Frank Caleb was like, brought the entire team of 50 players down is what I'm wow. saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's tough. That was a lot. <laughs> At one point, we were at this little zone, and Frank was just like, oh, shoot up on that hill. There's a whole squad of people. And I'm like looking around. My weapon has no scope, so I'm shooting iron sights. And he's like, it's just past that second ridge on the left-hand side at 270. I'm like, there's literally no one there. He's like, light it up. <laughs> so I just started shooting <laughs> randomly at some trees, I guess. <laughs> you get hit markers? And that wasn't fun for you? I did not get hit markers at all whatsoever. No hit markers. No idea what he was talking I about. I killed a couple people in that match. I didn't kill Did- anyone. Do you think he was trolling you and it was an empty match? 
I hope so. <laughs> no, because we got obliterated. Mm, yeah, we got this Fair. Absolutely obliterated. Plus, we rode around with a person who just refused to drive on roads. So Alex. That was not me. <laughs> Some other rando. And we needed like transport, Alex. and they were like driving up the side of a mountain, and then down through a river, and then up the side of another mountain. See, that would have been me if I if and I we're... was forced to play this. That absolutely would have been me. We were like yelling over the microphone, like, "Dude, just go on the road. We're trying to get to the city over here." <laughs> he just doesn't respond. Drives up another mountain. Yeah. Um, I also have been playing two other things. Uh, first, Neon Abyss, um, really cool game, uh, roguelike action platformer, uh, very much in the in the realm of kind of like um, Gungeon crossed with Binding of Isaac. Um, they had not necessarily like a rocky start, but they didn't have a lot of content like right when they started first launch. But the game was pretty inexpensive. I think it's like twenty dollars on Steam right now. Um, really cool game. They've added a lot of content since then. They've made a lot of hot fixes to fix just random things in the game that people had interacted with and they've added a couple bosses. Um has anybody else played this yet? I know we have a lot of nope. like rogue roguelike mm-hmm. roguelike people in here. Uh-huh. Mm. Sad day. Sad day. Go play it. It's very good. Very good. Uh also in that realm I have been playing some Hades recently, which I know pretty much everybody else in here other than maybe Owen has played. Yeah, I oh, have yeah. not touched it yet. I will eventually. I'm not against it. I just I haven't gotten there. Um, man, what a solid freaking game. Not only does it look great, but the premise is just excellent. I think my favorite part about the game, actually, in spoilers, if you have not played my favorite part about the game. Oh, Owen's in here, though. Owen, are you going to actually play this? Yeah, hold on. I'm just going to. Um, <laughs> Owen stepped out of the room that we all recorded. Yeah, he st- just walked away, walked out of the Horizon House. He's just right outside, actually. Slammed right the door. He was very upset. <laughs> He's smoking a cigarette. I can see him. Um, and I'm calling so, a cab. <laughs> I think my favorite part about this game is the premise that once you get to the end, you get looped back in, and it's just this constant evolution of you trying to reach um, the sort of end goal of of speaking to Persephone, and that that is the base game element of what is what the game is built on. So you're constantly just sent back to the starting point and then you have to battle your way out to have a conversation and then back to the starting point over and over and over. So the base mechanic of the game is tied directly into what's happening in the story. Yeah, it's it's a very cool way they managed to marry story and roguelike mechanics because normally right. roguelikes are just like, eh. actually, I guess Rogue Legacy also does that, though, huh? Yeah, not not, not as gracefully, as well. I would say, but yeah. Right. I think so far Hades does it best. Yes. I think they do a very good job of tying it in. Which I mean, it's kind of Supergiant's thing. Yeah. Tying it. I'm just like, I'm like 30 hours into this game at this point, and there's still just like tons of voice dialogue that I've never heard before, evolving storylines and stuff from characters. Like, usually you'd expect them to start repeating themselves at some point. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like open quotes finished the game a while ago, maybe at this point, like 10 runs ago. And I'm still just like characters keep saying new things. There's like kind of, I'm going to call them side quests to mm-hmm. do like there's there's just a lot of content in there. And it's like 30 bucks, 20 bucks, something in that neighborhood is 25. It's pretty wild. Like yeah. I, I would not have batted an eye if you told me this was a $60 game. Yeah, it's twenty four ninety nine. And the uh-huh. base gameplay is just so much fun. It's on top oh, it's of that. so satisfying. Also, I, I keep really... on. 
I, well, I was just gonna I say, I, I, I really appreciate time, so. the, the 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 voice acting in general is just very good. Like the the lines, the quality of the voice acting is very 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 good, and it just doesn't get old. You know what I found out? Um, the main guy Zagreus is voiced by. Oh, I'm gonna forget his name now. Guy <laughs> does the music, Darren Corp. Really, really, yes, yep. and also Skelly. Yeah, <laughs> and someone else. Still. Yeah, no, I thought that was so wild. Charon. Charon, okay. Very cool game. Very cool game. Uh, I just wanted to ask, what's your favorite weapon? It's the shield. <laughs> By far. I mean it's good, but it's so boring. I you know what? I, I will give you that. It is more boring than some of the other weapons. It's not exciting because you can just stay pretty far back. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even have whatever the gun is. I've seen Alex play with it. I don't what have the a heck, Yeah, I, dude, I don't know. Adamant rail. I, I just happen to have a really good run. Like <clears throat> I don't remember what, what I told you. Like fifteen runs in or something, and I beat Hades on that run. And I just haven't unlocked a lot of the other things past that. Yeah, you said last time you told me you said like twenty. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Well, I just but, when I was talking to you, I just hit twenty because that's when um, who's the god of wine? What's his name? Dionysus. 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 He was like, he said something like, yeah, "What is this? Like your twentieth run or something?" Yeah, yeah. And that was like four or five runs after I'd beaten Hades the first time. Yeah. So you weren't that far behind me. Like I beat Hades the first time at run twenty-two. Mm. Okay. So, so but just he barely did finish ahead. it before you did, though. He did. <laughs> he definitely did, which I'm not surprised because I my whole gameplay style in that game is take a lot of damage but try to still live somehow. Oh, so, mine's just never strategy. ever take damage. Mm, I see and why that goes better for you. Yeah. <laughs> I and I really like the shield because I always pick up stuff um from Ares so that I have doom mm -hmm. on it. I was telling Caleb, I feel like that's one of the most powerful combinations that I've encountered. Um, I had a 220 or 218 doom damage on the shield special. So I could just run in a room, like toss it twice and almost all the enemies would be dead. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, plus it had seven bounces. So that'll help. Ping, 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 ping. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Are we going to translate the uh, transition to me? Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> what have you been playing lately? Okay. Cause I've been playing Hades and I still want to talk about Hades. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I do think the shield is by far the strongest weapon. I don't know if it's like the most fun to use. It's quite fun, but I think it's by far the strongest because certain things like you said, where you just bounce it and proc stuff all the time. The by far the easiest run I've had was I took the aspect that after you do the charge move, you throw out extra shields. Mm. Mm. And I got two hammer upgrades that made the charge move like super fast and also turned it into like the gun instead of moving your body. Oh, sure. And you can just sit back and charge in like super fast and shoot somebody and get damage out of it and then throw like a ton of shields around the room and they just decimate everybody. And on top of that, I had Zeus stuff. And every time a shield would bounce on somebody, it would hit them with a lightning bolt. Plus, I had like 50% chance to for a second lightning bolt to hit. Mm. It was like insane. It was blowing people um, up. Yeah, easily beat uh, Hades. The most interesting part of that run, though, was that was the first time it forced me to use the charge a bunch. 
which was the first time it forced me to like make use of the block mechanic that you get when you're charging. Mm. Mm. And it turns out block is busted. You just block everything. Yes, we're all good. Like fighting Hades, you just like sit there until he tries to hit you and you're like, oh, sorry, I blocked your attack. And then you just hit him a bunch. Like it's insane. Um, Very good at parrying. And then I, the other thing I like about the game is I keep on thinking things are bad and not wanting to pick them up, but then like get forced into using them for some reason and then realize that they're actually pretty good. Mm. Like I, I thought Poseidon was terrible for a long time. And then I ended up having a run where I took the fists, which I also thought were terrible. Mm-hmm. And I got the aspect with the magnet on the special. Ah, sure. And then I also got special like shoves people away from Poseidon. Mm. And then I also got if you slam somebody into a wall, it does like a ton of damage from Poseidon. Yeah. So you can just sit there with a person and pull them away from the wall and slam them back into it over and over again. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's That's super fun. Funny. It's so bam, much bam, fun. Bam. That's really cool. And then, yeah, I also got like shove does extra damage to bosses because shove doesn't actually work on bosses. So that boon is super good. Yeah. And then Hades was kind of a cakewalk because of that. I don't know. That game just keeps on surprising me. I feel I like that's s- kind of the case with all of their games, though. Wait, well, except for except for three player basketball, all the rest of them. Excellent. Well, I mean, I will say I was surprised by that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Before we move on, the one thing I wanted to say, I watched a uh, a Haiti speed run the other day. Oh, seven minutes, uh, and they use Exegriff. That yeah. is the weapon of choice for that. Uh, it has a upgrade where, if you hit yourself with the special, you increase all of your damage yep. by like eighty percent or something. Oh, so you just hit yourself with that, and then you clear the room almost instantly. Uh, it's also really good if you can get a Zeus upgrade on your basic attack Mm. because the basic attack for the gun does almost no base damage it does like 10 or something yeah but the zeus lightning does a flat amount of damage like each lightning bolt does like 30 damage right so you basically just triple your basic attack damage which is pretty wild yeah it sounds pretty good my fastest time so far is only 27 minutes i got doing the doing that strat i got i think 22 wow yeah my first escape was actually with the railgun Oh, nice. The gun's I had, real good. I had nice. a, the rocket launcher upgrade plus the cluster bomb upgrade, so it shot five rocket launchers in a spread pattern. Yeah, that helps a lot. Basically <laughs> clears any room instantly, especially those end rooms that are super small. Yeah, sure. And there's just a lot of small enemies. Yep. And then you just like walk into Hades' chest and hold the special button over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> Shoot five rockets into his chest over and over. What a good game. So um, I've, I've also been playing some more Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, uh, on PC? Yeah, on PC. It's, uh, it's been pretty great so far. I, I'm just starting to get into the nitty gritty of the story somewhat. Game's opened up a bit and putting skill points and things. Hunting stuff. I got a mount. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm liking that so far. I bring it up mostly to say that I've had no issues on PC still. So That's good. Still, wow. No major issues. I know everybody talks about how that port wasn't very good, but I've had no issues with it so far. Uh, did they ever run like an like? Obviously, you said you never had any issues beforehand, but did they ever like do a big patching effort or anything that you know of? Uh, I did see that there was a bunch of little patches that were listed 
I kind of read through them, and they're just kind of like little fixes here and there. So they're probably probably making fixing that thing up. Yeah, nice. Uh, I did see one fix that was like make Aloy walk straight instead of like slightly to the side, <laughs> which I did notice when I was playing, and it was annoying me a little bit. I thought it was just a design choice. <laughs> We've decided like he, our main character is always drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and that's he, like You had to like turn the camera slightly to the right to get her to walk straight down a path. It was weird. What a weird oversight. That's very funny. Yeah, I don't know. But um yeah, that that's still a game. I know it's super old at this point, but whatever. <laughs> just I, mean, I talked about Silent Hill 2 last time. That's a PS2 yeah. game. <laughs> and it's not even like it got ported. I was just playing it on a Legally obtained emulator. I was say the last time you were also talking about, or two times ago, you were talking about um, Final Fantasy VII. So, oh yeah, man, I play a lot of old shit, huh? Yeah, I mean, you're about to talk about one that's old too. I, I was about to say uh-huh. you play classic old games. Sure. You play quality old games, Jake. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> finally, I picked up this game called Ageless. It is a puzzle platformer. I thought it'd be really cool because it's got some unique ideas. So basically you have a power that can like you shoot these arrows and if you hit something with the arrow, you can change its age. You can make it older or younger and that affects like how it affects the world. So you can like shoot plants to make them grow or shrink or like shoot this rhino dude to make him like an adult or a baby. If he's an adult and then he like rushes you, but also, like, the rush can break through walls. So, like, you can kind of use that as, as puzzle mechanics. Um, or you can make him, like, super old where he's all fat and then he, like, falls through through floors. Okay. Or, like, make him a baby so he's not a threat to you. So, like, that kind of stuff. Um, I unfortunately wouldn't recommend it, though. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I think the polish just isn't there. Like the controls don't feel very tight. The puzzles are kind of like fiddly to the point where like, you know, if you didn't hit a pixel just right, then it kind of doesn't work or like you slide off of something or I don't know. It's just weird feeling. It doesn't feel precise enough. I played it at Um, Axis last year and it, it has a lot of interesting ideas, but it just wasn't terribly fun. Yeah. Even solving the, the puzzles, they weren't like yeah. super interesting puzzles themselves. I was going to say that I think the difficulty curves on the puzzles are insane too because like there's certain puzzles you walk into a room and you're instantly like, okay, I understand what I have to do. And you just kind of do it. And then there's other, like the next puzzle will be something that's like impenetrable that you're like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to do this. And then the puzzle mm-hmm. after that, once you finally figure it out, will just be like super easy again. I'm like, this is not a. Steady curve. Yeah, right. very inconsistent. I was nice say, one, of the, one of the most important parts of a puzzle game is you have that trajectory of like you learn something from the last puzzle that helps you unlock right. whatever you're doing in the next one and you kind of just keep building yourself off of that so on and so forth all the way to the end. So if it's yeah. not doing that, then that's not good. Yeah, I don't think that's there. So interesting ideas, but I just don't think it's worth it right now. Well, not going towards that then. Uh, Caleb, what have you been playing? I've also been playing a puzzle game recently. It's called uh, Light Matter. I played a demo a while back. 
and they had that Steam Games Festival. It was pretty decent, so I decided to pick... Oh, I didn't pick it up. It was in a bundle. Ha! It was in a hum- humble bundle. Ha! That's right. Ha! Wow. Yeah. Got us. Yeah, Most people got reviewed guys. those. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. That's dumb. did. That'd be great. It's a very Portal-like puzzle game. You can you can very clearly tell that they took a lot of their stuff from Portal. They even have a bunch of nods to Portal in the game. They talk about Cave Johnson. Wow. I got a turret. I <laughs> got a companion cube. All those good stuff. But... Basically, you're there's anywhere there's shadow. If you step in it, it like eats you and kills you. So you're moving around these lamps, and later you're moving around these these rods. They're like lightning rods for a central thing that displays light along them. And it's just a lot of a lot of pretty decent puzzle rooms. It's not terribly long. I think I beat it in like less than three hours. Uh, Oh, two two point nine hours. Wow, it it looks interesting. It is interesting. It's pretty good. Uh, it, I mean, it doesn't. It's not going to be like Portal. It doesn't completely go off the rails and get insane. But solid puzzle game, kind of like the. You guys remember the Turing test? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'd put it on par with that game. Okay, mm-hmm. that's pretty solid. That's, yeah, pretty solid. Maybe a little bit less good. Maybe a little bit. Uh, I've also been playing some roguelikes, not Neon Abyss, but some other ones. Lame. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I have to play Hades. Actually, again. I, I'm going <laughs> to oh. mention as an aside, I did roll credits on Hades recently. So hey, that's, that's cool. good job. Yeah. Um, but I've been playing Crown Trick, which is a game I also played at PAX this last year, but finally released. I think it's in early access still. But it's a turn-based roguelike. It's almost like Crypt of the Necrodancer, but without the music and playing to the beat of the music. So just Crypt of the Necro? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, but it's got a nice layout for its campaign because you you have this first level which is relatively easy it's still you have to go through like five different levels of dungeon to finish it defeat defeat the final boss but after you do that it opens up like three new paths you can take you like defeat all those and I think there's another section beyond that where you have to beat a final boss but it's got some like real progression in terms of the story which is nice because a lot of those don't have that um, it's pretty solid. You can get some outrageous combos, and that's obviously always fun. And then I've been playing another one called Ring of Pain. Also, just came out. I talked about this one on the podcast before, actually, when I played the demo of it. But it's like a, it's like a card game, but not. Man, this one's so hard to describe. It's like a ring of cards that you're fighting, right? You can like move what? around the ring. Trying to Say dodge ring of enemies. Cards? Ring of cards. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Easy. All I can the beat enemies the shit and like items hundred cards. And things are on <laughs> cards on these cards. I throw cards. <laughs> <laughs> but you're basically moving up this tower and you're trying to bring back the light to the tower. And then you meet another character along the way, and he's like, oh, maybe the light's not good. And you gotta kind of make your, a decision at the end. Your pause makes me question a little bit about the story of this, because I feel like you had to think about it. I mean, it's, it, there's not much story to it. It's it's mm. kind of just a roguelike for roguelike's sake. Yeah, okay. Sure. Kind of game. But it's it's pretty decent. Uh played through it quite a few times. I probably put like four hours in that game already, and it just came out not too long ago. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've beaten one of the what I think are two endings. And the second one is way harder. So I haven't gotten even close to beating that yet. Uh, 
Jake, how about you? What have you been playing? I got one more right. game, sorry. Uh, you do? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's not right, number four. I skipped it because roguelikes were important. Oh my gosh. Oh my Why Lord. would you do this? <laughs> cut his, cut out his of mic. order? Yeah, out of you're order. Du- hey, you're out. I'm not it. You you did it out of order. You did Hades last. Yeah, but I run things around here, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh so I played Celasta. Celasta, I don't know how you say it. Um Crown Celeste. of the Magister is Celeste. the, <laughs> the yeah. subtitle. Uh it's a game that just came out in early access. It's a lot like um Baldur's Gate. Yeah, like Divinity, Original Sin. Uh, you have it's not multiplayer, but you have a a squad of four, and it's D and D five e rules. And so far, it's pretty good. The combat's super solid. The game's not very pretty. It's it looks looks pretty rough at times, especially the character models. Uh, but so far, the story is vaguely interesting, and the combat's super well done. And I think they're sticking to the five e rules super hard. Maybe unlike Baldur's Gate three is a little bit. I don't think it's been I did, really. I did see like some reviews in there that were like directly comparing it. Like this is what I was looking for. It's more direct, like adaptation of the RPG system. Right, right. There's there's a lot less focus in this game on story, probably in general, and kind of outside of that RPG mechanics than there is in Baldur's Gate, where Baldur's Gate's like all about that and making things super beautiful. So maybe not direct comparison, but if you need something a little more crunchy, I guess, than Baldur's Gate 3. Crunchy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Pretty good. Are, are you done now? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. You have a game hidden in there somewhere that I can't no. see? No. You sure? I Positive? did all the ones. Did all the ones. Uh-huh. Hey, man. Uh-huh. I'm not Jake. the only one that went out of order. What have you been playing lately? Uh, so uh, we're talking about Baldur's Gate, so I'm going to start not on my start, <laughs> so don't yell at me, please. <laughs> uh, but Caleb and I did pick up Baldur's Gate 3. We've been playing the early access, and it's good. It probably needed a little bit more time in development before it went out, in my it opinion. needs a good amount of polish. It sure. is buggy. It's very buggy. Did they at uh, least like you... implement your ability to save and reload, unlike when they were showing it off at PAX? Like <laughs> yeah, yes, that's good. You can save and reload. That's that's, that's good. That's I good. forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, we'll we'll start a conversation and we'll see two of our character, like one character in the cutscene and one character from where we were before the cutscene, <laughs> which is very distracting. Especially um, when one of them's carrying a big battle axe that's covering up half of the scene. Yeah, not great. <laughs> um, we've discovered that if so, Caleb's hosting the game. If we're in a conversation and I stay in the conversation until the end. My controls will not come back. That character just doesn't get to play anymore. <laughs> he doesn't get to attack or anything. We basically have to reload a save. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Sneak attack works sometimes. Sometimes works sometimes. <laughs> yeah. If they're if they're like engaged in melee with someone else, the rogue can probably get sneak attack. But if they're like probably. hidden and they attack from the shadows, nah, not gonna work. Not gonna do it. <laughs> so that's pretty mm. frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it works. Is that a rules thing or is that no, a bug? That's a bug. That's, that's a bug. Okay. Any, you're supposed to have sneak attack anytime you have advantage on the attack roll. And that yeah. is not the case so far. Yeah, huh. it's definitely not working. We were worried it didn't work at all at first. Yeah. Because neither of us are playing melee characters. And in the intro, it's just the two player characters. So it was like, can you just not sneak attack on rogue? Because that would really be bad, actually. <laughs> uh, but it does work, kind of. Uh, it's, it's still fun. The combat works really good. 
mm-hmm. and you can tell the areas where they have put effort, like the character models, pretty much across the board, look really, really good. Yeah, especially uh, so the nice. new race that they added. Yeah, Yankee, Githyanki. something like that. They it's, look super. They look good. really good. Yeah, so that's it's been fun. But in that vein, I kind of got on like a tactical RPG kind of kick. <laughs> I finally download. Well, I guess bought. I didn't even own it. Pillars of Eternity two. Uh, which isn't, it's kind of turn-based. I'm actually <laughs> playing it real-time with pause. Um, really? Yeah, I, so I had played Kingmaker before this one, which is right. another one of those where real-time with pause, but they added turn-based. And Kingmaker I liked, but it has a lot of issues. And Pillars of Eternity 2 has kind of pointed out how janky Kingmaker kind of is, in my opinion. <laughs> um, it just, it works a lot better. Uh yeah, but you're not main... using the turn-based mode. I'm not using turn-based. Is that just for you actually enjoy the real time with pause better? Uh, I actually, well, a little bit, yes. Uh, one of the big contributing things is I started a build on a monk because uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to see how monk worked in this game. I heard it was really good, so I decided I'd try it. So I started a turn-based game with monk, and then figured out that about half of the monk's abilities don't really work in turn-based. Uh, they increase your attack speed, which isn't really a thing in turn-based. You get one attack per turn, and that's it. Yeah, it just kind of oh. increases your initiative. Yeah, so the stat that I put all helpful. of my points into and bought abilities for did nothing. So I had to restart anyways. So I was like, well, let me just try it real time. And it, it works pretty good. Um, it has a nice option where you can turn the AI to just auto-attack and not use any abilities yeah. when you're not directly commanding them, which is huge. Yeah, uh, it means they don't accidentally throw fireballs at the level two goblins. If uh, I remember so right, there's quite a bit of AI adjustment you can do in there. Yeah, they have um, they have like a menu where you can set AI. I I always find that more annoying than anything else. But <laughs> we'll we'll see. I'm only like probably like four hours in, I guess, at this point. But the first hour of that was a lost cause because yeah. dexterity doesn't work in turn based. Um, but yeah, point is, it's really good. I've been enjoying it. The beginning's very slow, but once you kind of slog through that, uh, I guess it picks up pretty good. Uh, and then the last game I wanted to talk about, just briefly, The Last of Us 2, I'm still playing it, it's still really good. Uh, the two things I discovered that I really like, whenever anyone jumps in The Last of Us 2, it looks like they've never jumped before in their entire lives. <laughs> <laughs> they get like half an inch off the ground and just kind of flail. Yep. Really funny. Every time. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I actually like in Last of Us 2 is they finally have fights where there are like mercenary human enemies and zombies in the same fight. Oh, I feel yeah. like I spent the whole first game waiting for that to happen and just never did. You were always either fighting zombies or fighting dudes. Uh, and this time you, you fight both at the same time. And it's really they, cool. They put that in the DLC for the first game. Did they? Interesting. Yeah. So you can see the, the direction that they went but, there. Okay. I mean, because I, I think that's so cool. Like, literally, there was a fight with both, and I just I threw a bomb at the humans and just waited. Yeah. I was just like, the zombies will get them. I'm just going to run. It's really funny. It's it's very fun. It feels it makes me feel smart, which is always nice. <laughs> How far in are you? Um, I think I'm about eight hours. Where am I? You didn't play that in one sit- one sitting? It's like, a, I don't even know if you it's can. So it's like long. a 25-hour game. Yeah. No, I meant that first eight hours. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, man, where am I? I think I just did a flashback 
about dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I think that's actually pretty close to where I am. Okay. I might be one little section past that. I don't remember exactly when the flashback is, but it's Man. around there. Yeah, I'll gotta play more of this game before the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry. It'll be done by then. I'm gonna end up like sitting down on a Saturday to start playing it, and then you'll see me like Sunday evening and I'll be like, guys, I finished Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, but how are you gonna play an entire video game in one sitting? Uh, I mean I, I did. It. I did it with a four hour stream. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Just speedrun it, dude. We played, speed run, we played the like entire hours. Last of Us game in one sitting. Just you know, you, you <laughs> and the DLC. You mentioned the uh, the twenty four hour stream. We actually have a date for that now. Oh, we do. Yeah, we so do. Do just we? shameless plug. Uh join us on November fourteenth. For a 24-hour stream, uh, you know, stop in, say hi. Please uh, feel free to donate. It is a wonderful cause. It's to Extra Life. They do amazing things and hospitals and make children's lives better uh, while they are there. So it's for a good cause for the money that we try to raise. Uh, and, you know, if you can donate, donate. If you can't, we always love people stopping by the stream and just saying hello and showing support. It keeps us going for the 24 hours. So please stop by. Yeah, you should. Uh, while you're talking, Owen, um, let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? Okay, so uh, I took a little bit more of a stab at the Star Wars Squadrons multiplayer with Tim. Um, and we played about two rounds before Tim was like, this is shit. And he stopped playing and I joined uh, him and Kevin and a bunch of other people who are in Overwatch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... If you, it's it's extremely immersive game. Like I've said before, if you want to feel like you're a pilot in Star Wars, I feel like that is as close as you are going to get. The story is pretty solid. Um, if you're looking for a multiplayer experience where you don't get your butt whipped, um, this is not that. Find mm. another game because um, you will lose and badly, and you will be very confused on how you died. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't list it in my games, but I also played a bunch of Squadrons over the last two weeks. I finished the story. Oh, nice. Um, still haven't touched multiplayer because I'm scared to at this point. Yeah, but I, I would, I would say don't. <laughs> I would say just do the campaign, enjoy that, and then I, I love the campaign. Campaign's pretty awesome. Yeah, I've liked the campaign that I've done thus far. So, uh, yeah, I finished it. I had like 12 hours in the game, I think, when I finished it. So, do you feel yeah. like the like difficulty curve is just people who play that type of game all the time, or just purely like? Uh, setup what you're playing with like uh, not necessarily with a controller or mouse and keyboard but maybe you have a full setup i think that it's there's just such a high skill curve and you can do so many things um you know like i i tr went through the the reddits to get uh some tips and I mean, there are tips of things that you would just never think that they were talking about. Like if you toggle between your shields and your lasers, your first laser shot will go slightly farther than any shot after it. So you could try to like snipe from a bit more of a distance than anybody else. And if you happen to charge your shields, like if you hit your shields 
and you charge it all the way up and then hit any of your other ones, you don't have any shields anymore. Your shields are still overcharged from when you had it on full, and mm. it takes a while for it to decrease. So, like, when you enter into a dogfight, you want to have that, like, toggled up, and then you flitch it off and go into your speed. And it's just, like, a lot of stuff like that that I was just like, if I have to hit, like, 13 different buttons just to get a competitive edge on someone that's doing the same thing, that's just a lot. Like, that's a lot of things to try to manage. And, like, I want to say that as someone that plays World of Warcraft. Like, I am not somebody right. that doesn't think about, like, my cooldowns and my buffs and things like that. Like, I think about that a lot of the time. But it's just, it's so much to manage while you're also trying to, like, do a barrel roll and figure out where people are in relation to you. And, you know, because of the fact that it's in space, uh, it's some hard, it's, it's very hard to figure out if they're above, below, you know, to your left, to your right behind. Like it's, it's just, it is difficult. So someone who comes from flight sim world, let's say for instance, Microsoft flight simulator, yeah. just roll into this because they're used to managing multiple systems and flying at the same time sort oh, of thing. Yeah. They'll they'll do great. I know that Tim mentioned that there is some other flying game that he was playing beforehand. Oh, okay. Um and he very much attributed it to the same thing uh and he was like, "Yeah, it's much like that game." Uh and he loses a lot in that game too, which is why he stopped playing it. I'm really surprised that his uh, Euro Truck Simulator experience didn't, you know, help him yeah. be a better squadrons player. Weird. Yeah, right, right. Um, I have also played... Uh, I played the demo for Ghost Runner because yeah. it looked cool and I wanted to check it out and I died a lot, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, cool. it's fun. You feel yeah, cool that, in that game. That that game, for those that don't know, it's Mirror's Edge with uh, Blade Runner. That's just kind of the vibe that I get and you just run around sure, with a sword yeah. and you stab people and... Whew, how long I, did it take you to figure out that you could block projectiles with your weapon? Oh, almost instantaneously. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like nothing popped up that said that, but I accidentally, like I was trying to do the dodge button to like jump to the side and I clicked something else because I was still figuring out the controls and I deflected, like I, I blocked the, the bullet and I was like, oh, oh, this makes things a lot easier. <laughs> Man, I, I feel like when we tried that out at PAX, I, I think Alex, you did the same thing I did. We were like constantly just trying to dodge everything and we didn't know yeah. we could really block web, like projectiles. Learning that's like, wow, this game is <laughs> significantly easier all of a sudden. Yeah. Still I difficult, it. but... It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited for its full release because that looks like a game that's just going to be a lot of fun to play and just like, yes, we're going to die a billion times, but we're going to have such a good time dying a billion times doing it. It seems like I'd, the gameplay mechanics are cool. I'm interested to see what the story will end up being like. Right. I I would say it, it kind of reminds me of um, like a Hotline Miami a little bit. But I can like see that. In yeah. 3D. Yeah. yeah. That's a good description. It's like every level is just you trying to one-shot all these people without getting one-shot yourself. It's really yeah. cool. Uh, I picked up a um another game called Hotshot Racing uh, and it is fine <laughs> uh it's it, it is if you're looking for a fun arcade racer that reminds you of the ones that you'd see like big arcade cabinets of in arcades 
uh yeah this is that that's that is what this game is it'll remind you of that it's a fun time uh hmm. you can it, it's kind of got like this old style of graphics um they weirdly have some backstory with the characters that you only get once you've defeated like once you've beaten a race it kind of gives you some backstory to it like as they're like oh well you know i was yeah, I, I won the cup, and and I realized that winning wasn't everything. And so, you know, sometimes I, 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 you know, money's not worth it. And you're like, okay, cool. I guess. Are you like from money? What's, what's your deal? Um, there's kind of like nowhere else in the game that they like. It's just a weird thing uh, hmm. of they kind of shoehorn in some story of the racers, uh, but better than not. I guess you can also customize your car a little bit depending on, you know, how far you're in you are and the points that you win and everything. You get money for doing races and then you can customize the car and make it faster and whatnot. Um, I, I just the, my my kind of lack of enthusiasm for it was I was looking for a fun racing game and I got a fun racing game. But it reminded me so much of Mario Kart that I just wanted to play Mario Kart. <laughs> like, because it is, it is very, like, there's not a lot going on. Like, you're pretty much, I'm okay, like, you know, you have a drift button, you have your, your brake, and you have your accelerate, which is pretty much all you need for a racing game. Uh, but I just kind of, it was so arcade, it made me wish that there was a thing that I could hit to throw a green shell or something, because I was just kind of like, all right. I'm in the lead. Guess I'll do two more laps. Like there, there wasn't it wasn't a lot of things that that really made me feel. Um, you feel like you clearly need to find a thing. game that's like halfway between an arcade racer and whatever the heck you would call squadrons with all of the things you have to manage. Yeah, like I, I, it's weird because I the, every time I think about a good racing game, Grand Theft Auto keeps being the thing that I think about like For the racing, racing weird. because i've done racing like the the multiplayer racing stuff on the gta online and it just works like i don't know what about it it works well with but it does every time i do any of those races like the cars feel fast i can go to the shop and you know modify the cars to make them faster or pick a different one or whatever um you know there's a lot of different obstacles that are happening inside of the races because there's, you know, real traffic that's happening. So it's not just the same course three times around. So I always feel like I got to be paying attention and I'm on edge. And like, I don't know. I just I always feel like that is a very good standard of racing for some reason. And I don't know why I think that because Man. it's not like known as a racing game. Right. Uh, because I'm sure the mechanic like how the car moves is not really accurate to what actually I know it's not perfectly accurate to what's going on. Not like something that's Gran Turismo or yeah, similar project um, cars. Oh yeah. I do, project I cars. do have Dirt. I do have fun with that. <laughs> um, All I'm going to say is, is it really racing? If someone's not saying left 12, sharp, <laughs> <laughs> right? Don't cut. Don't cut. Oh, yeah. Don't cut. Don't cut. Good times, man. Love that game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. What a game. Um, Another game that I've been playing, uh, I definitely dove into this. I've continued my my WoW classic ness that I got my character up to sixty. I've been raiding. Um, it's cool to kind of play these raids that I missed out on when I was younger because I didn't have a character that was level high enough for that. So that's neat. Uh, and then 
I was convinced to jump over and play WoW Retail because the Shadowlands pre-patch came out, so I wanted to play some new content, and just, wow, that game has changed, and it is so weird, and I'm having such a hard time getting used to it, but also, like, the stuff that they did with the pre-patch to the DLC that's coming out is amazing, like, I, I don't know who else could have pulled this off in such a way that they have, but I am impressed. Uh, basically, the game used to have characters up to, I think it was level 120, and they were like, hey, we're going to release this new uh, DLC, you know, uh, Shadowlands, but we're going to revamp all of the leveling. So now instead of a, having a 120 as your level cap anymore, it's 60. And so for the pre-patch, they just squished everyone's level down uh, to be less than 50, because 50 to 60 is the new DLC. Um, and it just, I thought a lot of people would hate that, but I feel like they've done what they should have done, because the game seems so much more simplified, and it seems so much more approachable. Uh because there's there's because you're not using so many big numbers and you have so many levels you don't have so much of a grind or whatever uh it seems like you can just kind of pick this up and you can get right into it uh they also made like leveling a lot easier they added a new intro area to kind of explain the game way better than they ever used to so it's very tutorialized but i like that because as someone that hasn't done retail in a while it's nice to have a refresher and as i went through that kind of tutorial island uh the story of it was really interesting it gave you a good taste of what world of warcraft is and i mean it gave you the entire taste it wasn't just like this is how you fight stuff all right, go on. It was like, this is how you fight stuff. This is how you find better gear. This is how you do professions. This is how you do dungeons, because dungeons are a huge thing in this game. And then, you know, this is how you queue up and you do one. And this is what dungeons are like. And um, I did that tutorial with one of my buddies uh, for an hour. We, we literally went through the entire starting area in an hour. Uh, and we went from level one to, I think, about level 13? 12, 13? Yeah. Uh, and like I said, cap is 50. So I'm a fifth of the way there and I'm an hour into the game. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. And like, I was like, granted, you know, the later levels are going to have longer experience bars, you know, so it's going to be a little bit harder, but still like you, you shoot up fast. I have been playing it on one of my characters that got squished to a level 24 and I have just been putting in maybe a couple of hours and I'm already at 38. I think, and I've only probably paid about 8 to 10 hours on him. Like, it, it just flies by. It's way faster leveling uh, than it used to be, which is nice. It, they, they, they're basically making this game very much uh, user-friendly. Uh, they simplified a lot of it. I really like the fact that now um, there is kind of a storyline of this is all of the quests and things that's happening with the world right now and that's currently the battle for Azeroth and I'm sure Shadowlands uh, but if you ever want and that's the only stuff that you see in the world if you want to go back and do some of the older content it still exists and you can be phased to it you just have to go to somebody and just say like hey I want to play this expansion pack and they go okay cool and so then they'll like 
teleport you back in time to that expansion pack. So then the world re- will reflect that. All of the quests in the world and everything will reflect the stuff that existed at that expansion. Hmm. Um, and I think that was also really neat because then you don't have to, like, I realized before the pre-patch and, and you know, BFA and all this other stuff that there's just so many quests in the game, especially from 1 to 120. You know, there's just tons and tons and tons and tons of quests. And even though that they change the areas around, like, it's still just you walk into an area and everyone's got a quest marker on and half of them are for lower levels than you and then other ones are you know it's just it's just very crowded and so by doing that they took all of that clutter out and so that way they can just be like all right well what do you want to like what story do you want to follow and then we'll give you stuff that's just about that and i don't know if they also cleaned up um kind of excess quests that are in those regions that kind of didn't really lead to much other than experience and the grind but those quests that do pop up when they do for the areas that i've currently been at uh have been very quick and it doesn't feel like a chore that i have to do of just being like oh hey i gotta get 30 leather from this thing and now i gotta go kill a bunch of them because you know, I don't get a leather per kill, so I've got to kill like a hundred of them before I get the thirty leather. It's very much just like, hey, you just get five, and every single one will drop it. So it's really easy. Man, well, I've been, been a thing. I've been hearing a lot of good things about WoW recently, and Chad's been pushing me to try to play it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like almost at the breaking point where I'm gonna try it maybe with this new. <laughs> I think expansion. I don't I'm, know. I'm gonna be real with you. I think that you should. Uh, you know, not to not to follow up with Chad on this, but I definitely think that it would be a good idea because I cannot think of a better starting point than the way that they've built it right now. Like, if you've ever been curious about World of Warcraft, yeah. especially retail, because retail's just has infinite better things than classic. Um, like this is this is the time. Like, I I really do think that like they've definitely made this friendly for both new players coming in but also simplified it to their hardcore player base so that way you know it's not as much of like number crunching and worrying about all this other stuff it's just kind of like hey this is how easy it is to level this is the stuff that your your character has to worry about uh and when you get armor and things it only gives you stats for your character which is wonderful because i never have to wonder just being like oh do i need agility on this person or is this person like spirit based like i don't have to worry about any of that Mm. stuff anymore it's just literally just is like this is good armor for your class and every quest that you do just gives you good armor specifically for your class um so that's kind of been nice so yeah i definitely think that it's it's a good time to jump in and there's good storylines happening uh both the battle for azeroth i think had a very interesting storyline and had very uh, colorful cast of characters to make it fun. Uh, and the new Shadowlands one is going to be very interesting as well because, like, I, the the entire concept of it is just this person broke the barrier between the realms of the afterlife and Azeroth. And right. I was like, that seems interesting. Just on face value just being like you're going to be fighting through heaven and hell and i'm like all right 
neat. <laughs> like, that's just an interesting thing before you even get to why that's, like, why story and lore-wise, that's an interesting point. Um, so, yeah. Been, yeah, and uh, I've also been playing a little bit of Among Us. I've been getting some groups together and playing some of that on Friday nights, so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm still not very good at the game, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, I just, I don't have as many people watching me play it as AOC did earlier this week. Yeah, but, okay. um, oof. I, I did watch her stream and I was amazed with, uh, what was it, a half million people watching it live and over five million people watching the replay. Not, yeah, not bad had... for your first stream. 439,000 viewers real time um just peak which is pretty Nuts. crazy that puts her in the top like 20 of single user twitch channels of all time yeah she for, for those that don't know she teamed up with a bunch of uh streamers and other congress people um and they all got together and were playing among us to promote voting just hey go out and vote uh for the election um that's what the stream was. And so, you know, during the time between uh, the the games, you know, they were saying like, oh, hey, you know, I voted. Please go out and go vote. Vote early. You know, mail in vote. Do whatever you need to. Just go out and vote. Um, but it was also really interesting just seeing them, uh, you know, playing with these, these uh, streamers. And uh, I would say that the big time streamers weren't even taking it easy on the, uh, the Congress people either. Uh, well, it was it was fun, though. You could tell um, they actually showed, I think Caleb and I talked about this earlier, uh, Ilan Omar's PC build. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is pretty legit. Makes me think that maybe she's just a gamer in general and not like, hey, let's just, you know, Twitch stream just to get out the vote sort of thing. Yeah. I pretty would neat. imagine they got set up specifically for I don't this. know. No, don't Ilhan, know. Ilhan made the PC to play it. Like, that was wow. one of the things that they, they mentioned oh, was that, like... Il Il Ilhan literally was just like, I'm going to make this PC and I'm going to play some games. And like, this is like my personal rig. And I was just like, wow. All right, go you. Um, their, uh, their daughter ended up joining in one of the matches and seemed pretty familiar with the streamers and the game also. So perhaps just a gaming is a thing in their family, mm. um, which I wouldn't be surprised at. Uh, but it was still just really cool. Uh, and like, apparently there were, uh, Congress, uh, Congress people in the chat that were like sending messages to both Ilhan and AOC. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, this is weird and super cool to me because like on the one hand it's weird. Cause I'm just like, is this just how we're going to start doing like random public forums is we're going <laughs> to see our elected officials like playing Fortnite. With, like, you know, just being like, all right, so uh, we're thinking healthcare might be a thing. You know, like, <laughs> instead of, like, the fireside chats, we get Fortnite president. Um, and I was Honestly, like, I is... don't know why we still do elections. Just put all the candidates <laughs> in a Fortnite match. <laughs> Winner take all. Comes out on top. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. I, I did for see some, some interesting stats from that. Um, they were talking about how... Uh, this this actually the title from this Guardian article is actually pretty interesting. AOC played Among Us and achieved what most politicians fail at: acting normal. But I think it's like, <laughs> oh. yeah, I Snap. think like, 
Big but it's politicians. Like a, it's, it's a good point because like a lot of times people are they're like so distanced, right? They're like sure. uh, unreachable. Like n- they're not going to interact with you as like a normal just individual who happens to live in the U.S. Where in this case, she was interacting with people real time, which I think is cool. And they did talk a little bit about um, how like the the uh, two candidates for president, their streams when they do campaign events on Twitch only get between like six and 10,000 uh, concurrent viewers at once. So this aspect, just like playing something and trying to interact and, and connect with users who are not or viewers who aren't necessarily like the norm, I think was kind of neat. Yeah, You have to fellow kids us. <laughs> Let me respond. Fellow kids. What a good freaking subreddit. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I definitely think it's a very interesting thing, and I hope to see more stuff like this, honestly, because I, I feel like, especially in a time of uh, COVID, where we can't, you know, go to rallies or go and meet Congress people, you know, I, I think that there is almost no more open forum than them just being like, I'm gonna just be on this stream over here. You know, maybe not necessarily doing video game stuff because they got jobs, maybe, you know, actually doing their jobs. But, you know, being able to just have that kind of response time of being able to just be like, I'm going to just stream this thing. And if you want to come and talk about, you know, the problems that are facing your town, you know, please come and talk to me about that while I do this thing. That's what Trump's done with Twitter, right? He just tweets all the time directly (laughs) to the people. You can tweet back at him if you want. Yeah, but yeah, I feel I like he's not he's... looking for feedback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would argue the difference there is that one of them, you can give feedback and there's a response back to you. Uh, whereas the other one is just kind of shouting into an endless void. Uh, <laughs> and it, it doesn't help anybody. Man, I also think... I d- I'm sorry. The, the, no, you're good. But... The, the distraction level when you're playing something too, like... To talk to somebody about policy related things while you're also trying to play a video game. Like, first of all, I can't do anything while I'm playing video games. I can't even hold a conversation with another human being. Mm -hmm. So when you're in that instance, if you're actually getting responses, you have to know that they're candid. Like these aren't, it's not like things are like necessarily scripted. It's just like, all right, this is my thought process. This is what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking we should do. So getting that, getting that sort of um, uh, level of, like just openness is I think quite interesting for, for politics. Yeah, I agree. There's 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 no way they're reading off a teleprompter while trying to suss out who uh who who did the murder over in engines, you know? Like yeah. that's they're not doing that. They're very much play, paying attention to the game and just being like, Yeah, so uh this is like, you know, stuff we should do. Right. Right I just, off the cuff. I just had a thought about this. Like the game choice here could have backfired, I think. I feel like Among Us, like everybody could have watched this politician playing Among Us and been like, holy crap, they're like incredibly good at lying. What does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she just throws the whole time and it's like, oh, I can trust her. She she can't lie at all. Yeah. <laughs> really I, I will say she was really bad at lying. <laughs> See? I, I watched, yeah. I watched it good. Theory two-thirds of it thus far i'll i'll finish the rest of it um but yeah like she was very bad at lying um and also it was very funny the streamers not wanting to vote out 
the Congress people. <laughs> like they were just like because the one of the one of the matches, both Ilhan and AOC were the uh, were um, the imposters. Yeah, yeah, and so like Ilhan is going to town, just like hacking away at everybody on the ship, and AOC is like still trying to figure out the controls and like where things are and like figure out like what venting is and stuff like that. And so AOC's like trying to figure that out, and the streamers are sitting there just being like. All right, I don't want to say it's both of them, but it's definitely both of them, and I'm going to feel really bad about voting them out. Man, I'm looking forward to Joe Biden playing Phasmophobia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That'll be great. going to crush it. Uh, speaking of other games. Dies of a heart things. attack. <laughs> Ghost pops up. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, other game-related things, um, we should talk a little bit about because a lot of us play uh, Overwatch. We should talk a little bit about Overtrack, Alex. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up because I've been I've been using this now for probably a couple months, and I don't think I've brought it up. But uh, oh, you probably know about Overbuff, which is just kind of like a general stat tracking site for Overwatch. But Overtrack, I've been using because it 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 gets into the nitty gritty of your matches so you actually run a program that like sits in your task tray on your desktop and it records your screen and anytime it notices a new match starting it'll start recording stats about what's happening what's happening in the match and it gets like every kill you make like every time you use your ultimate like all sorts of like little nitty-gritty stats that don't come out of the API to general stat tracking websites. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, it records your SR before and after every match. So you can actually see what your SR has been doing like over time. And then it'll like group games into sessions because it knows like you played these six matches during that, you know, one session that you played. And it'll say like this session overall, you gained 68 SR. And I just think that's like really cool info to have. Yeah. Um, also it, it will record your screen by itself, but I noticed some performance issues when it was doing that. Um, but they have a separate mode for it where if you run this plugin in OBS, it'll just take the feed from OBS itself, which works a lot better. And the gameplay still stays super smooth. Mm -hmm. So that's super cool. I think. Yeah, I was going to say that uh, they have to do the, the screen recording because you can't actually get into the data without um, Blizzard set with you and calling right. you a hacker. Because um, there is a, a group that I am on a, a Discord with that I'm trying to work with them when they get the ability and permissions to. Um, but pretty much the idea is that they want to take this to another level and add in uh, heat maps into... Uh, so that way you can like see sight lines no. as well as having the ability to just be like, okay, well, it seems that like, this is where all of the, uh, um, you know, the ultimates seem to be thrown and this is where they all land. And this is like where a bunch of people die and this seems where fights are. And so you can see the heat maps for both like your game and just like that map in general through everyone's games. And you can kind of see where like, okay, so if I'm playing Widowmaker, I want to be standing here. I want to be here. I want to be, like, shooting this way and getting, like, I should be, like, focusing these targets in this area um, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I definitely think this is, like, of that same vein. 
Yeah, it also does stuff like make you feel better about yourself. So like when your other <laughs> DPS is like yelling at you the whole time for not doing anything and you're like, I really feel like this guy's not doing anything. You can actually go look at the stats in Overtrack and it records everything that pops up in the um the kill feed. So you can go look at the stats and be like, yeah, he got six eliminations that entire game. <laughs> like <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. So I don't know. It's it's pretty it's pretty cool software. Mm-hmm. Seems neat. Uh, let's talk about some film related things. First of all, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about the Fast and the Furious. Which yeah, uh, F nine's already been delayed till twenty twenty one, right? Yes, right. Sometime in twenty twenty one, and so, now we've had an announcement about the sort of end of everything. Yeah, they they mentioned that they're gonna do two more. They mentioned that they're going to have F9 come out, and they've got two more installments planned after that, and then that's it. They're done. They're ending it at Fast and Furious 11. Um, which... oh, it's not that I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I heard that, and I was just like, okay, but what about the spinoffs? Like, are yeah, you going to... we'll get Hobbs and Shaw 2. We'll exactly. Get... Like, are we going to have more after that? Because... Fast and Furious has to be one of the most money-making franchises that Universal has. Like, this has to be what's keeping them afloat. Five, so, $5.7 billion worldwide for all of the Fast and the Furious movies, including Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, they ain't ending that. So, so the <laughs> fact that they were just like, we're going to end this, I was just kind of like, fucking why? <laughs> like, what are you... I are mean, you just- it could just be those actors have been doing it for 20 years and maybe they don't want to anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, is it just like you're done with Vin Diesel, so you're just going to like finally cut off and just be like, this is when we're going to be done with these characters, and you know, then we'll see all of the spinoffs roll out from there. Also, I discovered that there's a Fast and Furious TV show that's in two seasons now. I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, Does that have Vin Diesel? No, I don't know. It's a cartoon, so I don't... It's an animated series on Netflix. Mm. (laughs) It's animated. It's animated. They made an anime. That's good. That's a good call. It's called Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Yeah. (laughs) So I just... That's great. Awesome. I don't know, man. Like, there seems to be a thing that I was like, I don't think you're ending the franchise. I think you're just ending the, uh, like, the main one, and we're just going to get spinoffs from here on out. Well, what they should have done is start producing things for Quibi. Oh, mm-hmm. no, not not yeah, after. That's a good what, call. Quibi's Quibi's going south, right? Didn't they just just say that they're going to pack up shop? Yeah, they they came out six months ago and now they've declared that they're shutting down. Um, I think I believe I've mentioned Quibi on here before, but it's like a it seemed like it was some sort of experiment. It was like movies aimed at mobile users yeah but alex like, i think you could have just said were... bad idea <laughs> <laughs> the movies are split into like seven minute chunks so they're like hey watch this movie in seven minute chunks on your bus to work over the course of 15 days or something and the worst part of it <laughs> is you can't binge any of it can you not no like that was their thing is that like if you wanted to like watch it you had to like you couldn't just watch like the first episode and just kind of like keep going through. So like you just like wait for a series to end and then watch like an hour straight. The entire point was that you would come back every single week 
and mm. given like the next seven minutes of whatever that story is. Oh, so they're just releasing it episode yeah. by episode. Yeah. Uh huh. And I will tell you that if you look at Netflix and Amazon and literally everybody else that's doing streaming right now and just throwing things up and people binge watch all of a new show within hours of it being up, why would you ever think that stalling that is a good idea? Yeah. I mean, they, I will say they're going for a very specific market. They, I think they figured, Hey, streaming services have basically the entire market pinned, but this little section of people commuting to work that need something to do on their commute. Maybe we can hit that. I think so I can I, see why they would try to limit it to keep you in that mindset. I feel like their their game plan was let's be a more polished YouTube, like let's have TV shows right. and things that but they are, you know, in short format. So, you know, 10, 15 minutes so you can like watch them as like little bites. And I understand that. However, good YouTubers already have that set up. Like, they already have a very well-polished thing. They already are getting paid money that they have a production behind it, and it's not just some person with a camera. So that content exists, and it's already on YouTube. So the idea of, like, let's make a more polished version of what's already there doesn't make any sense since it's already... Like, it, if you want that, that exists. I, I just don't understand why they ever thought that it was worth, what, like, six point some million dollars that they started with? Yeah. And they just threw down the fucking tubes because they were just like, eh, it'll work. I mean, they they definitely paid some money for some big-name stuff. Like, there's Kevin a show Hart's with Anna there. Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, there's a Liam Hemsworth one called Most Dangerous Game. The Anna Kendrick one I've actually seen, and it's actually pretty good. I, there's She's a really... friends with a sex doll. That's interesting. Pretty, pretty funny. There's a really good article on The Verge, actually, about why Quibi failed. And the the second one, I think, the second point they make is probably most important here. People's daily lives changed, and Quibi didn't. And they go on to talk about how their whole point was the... Um, using the sort of turnstile technology of like rotating the screen and like watching the whatever you're watching on your phone and they were super mm -hmm. reluctant to add airplay and chromecast support but as people started moving to less commuting more at home related things they ran into the issue of well we have to have that so people can sit down and watch it at home but that kind of makes their whole purpose their whole platform kind of right. relevant at that point yeah actually i didn't even consider covid19 kind of ruined their entire <laughs> I, I think Thing the plan was already for. effed from the start, but yeah, were, like that, that definitely didn't help them. If everyone was still commuting every day, maybe they had a chance, though. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll never know now. We will never, ever know. Uh, let's talk a couple other things. Board games. Caleb, I wanted to mention Darkest Dungeon board game on Kickstarter. Yep. Yep. Did yep. you see it? Yep. Of course he did. What? Is this a joke? <laughs> yeah, what kind of a question is that? What, yes. He has it. What are you talking about? It's already at your house. <laughs> like what did he, 50, 53% of his spare time is spent on Kickstarter. That That's true. That's very inaccurate. And 53% like of his salary. Too. Um, <laughs> I saw that they passed a million dollars and will win one day. Yeah. So it's, they, they did it real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It looks like a like solid board game. Like for Kickstarters nowadays, as long as you have some sort of 
brand backing, name. like branding or anything. Like I feel like you just instantly get your yeah. thing funded at this yeah, point. That's true. It's incredible. One of my favorite bands just started a Kickstarter like two days ago, and they got it in the first eight hours. They got their yep. thing. That's so and fast. They're not, like, super well known. Seventh That's Citadel so got funded in like twenty three minutes. Yeah. Um, one last thing to note, Owen. Yeah. Uh, I just I wanted to share the story uh with you guys and also uh with our our listeners. Um. I I was playing a game with a friend uh, in the, the past couple of days here, and they are very new to video games. They just made their first PC. You know, they're they're very much not a gamer, but they're trying to be because we all are. Um, and just uh, the amount of animosity uh, that they have run into uh, while we were playing was just kind of. Uh, upsetting i mean it was upsetting to the point that they they literally logged off crying um and it just was very disheartening uh to me at least because uh, i mean i i i like these games and i like video games as a whole i like video game culture uh and there's a lot of cool stuff here and i want to share this with my friends and I definitely feel like this is a place that, you know, we should be accepting of others and we should be able to, uh, you know, share these cool stories and these cool moments, these fun games uh, with people. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like be nice to those that are out there uh, while you play these games, because, yes, they may suck, but there might be a reason for it. They could be brand new. And, you know, may maybe, you know, the answer to things isn't to yell at the Hanzo for not being able to alt correctly uh, or, you know, uh, rage quitting a, a dungeon in World of Warcraft, uh, you know, because the, your tank doesn't know what's going on, uh, but to be kind to the gamers that are with you. I mean, it's they're, they're people and it, it should just be noted uh, that you should treat other people with kindness online and be open so that way we can we can have more people uh you know j enjoying these games and, and not just kind of like well i'm bad at this and everyone's mean on this game so i guess i don't get to play it uh i don't think that's fun i don't think that's cool i think that's kind of a travesty to i mean it sucks for them because they'll never be able to get to play that game uh, and they'll never get to know that because of the fact that the the people around the game are toxic. And I, I don't think that's good. I mean, I discussed this with my girlfriend and she straight up said that there are uh, RPG games that she wants to play, but she knows that the community is toxic around it and mm -hmm. therefore will not play it. And I think that's just awful because there are fun, you know, there are interesting stories there that I feel like she would like. There are things there that I feel like she would enjoy. Uh, and the fact that you don't get to do that because it's being gate kept by people that are assholes and dicks. Um, that's not cool. Like that's that's straight up not cool. Uh, and so just I wanted to make a note of that while you play in the next couple of weeks, think about that and just you know, maybe a little bit of kindness to the strangers around you and make it a better place. Yes, please do be nice. Uh, on top of that, if you're going to be nice, also, you should support things that are 
forward thinking, that they are nice to other people, that they are promoting uh, health and safety for other people. One thing Owen mentioned earlier, we are doing an Extra Life stream. We're going to be doing on November 14th. Um, if you don't know anything about Extra Life, you should go check out their page. It's really cool. Um, they are a, a company whose whole goal is to get money to kids who need surgery or medicine or just hospital time um, and they can't make their payments. Uh, they support your children's miracle network hospitals. Um, and especially and during COVID-19, this is a good time to, if you want to support something, this is a great thing to support. To, um, to, to just ju jump in, you know, this, yeah. this isn't just money that's going to help pay someone's bills. You know, this is money that goes to uh, just treatment of these kids while they're in the hospitals uh you know if you have a condition that you're going to be in there for like a month uh it's something that keeps you occupied it's something that gives you a sense of hope uh i mean there i watched a thing during our last packs i've talked about this about how uh you know they were buying vr rigs to put onto kids while they're in surgery so that way, when they have brain surgery, they can still, they, you know, they're playing these games and they don't have to deal with the stress and with the fact that their head is literally cut open while they're poking at their fucking brains. You know, like, it's treatments like that that this money goes to. It's stuff like that that is how we can take technology and help you recover from a surgery faster how we can take games and help you either learn how to do something or to be able to kind of uh just heal quicker and so you can get out of the hospital and you can be with your friends and loved ones again and it's stuff like that and i think that that's just that's very cool uh, about you know using technology uh not just you know as like sharper and neater medicine but as ways of how gaming can help you heal so we are going to be doing our uh, Extra Life stream on November 14th. Extra Life Day, which is when most people are going to be doing it, is on the 7th. Um, so there'll be lots of people streaming, lots of places you can donate to. You should do that. Um, this will be our sixth year participating in Extra Life, which is pretty cool. Um, I was just checking out the numbers. We've raised over $5,000 at this point. Wow. So not a small number at all. Um, exciting to see that. So make sure you check that out. Um, we will have a link in the cast notes for you to see that, and uh, we'll hope to see you on the 14th. Um, otherwise, we will uh, we'll catch you next time. Oh, that's a bad outro. I need a better outro, guys. <laughs> Later, you idiots. Can, you can just play <laughs> Vin Diesel's song. Mm. No, I think, I, as I, like I think a, if you mm. cut a little bit further up, I think that might be okay. If you know, you're just like, hey, you know, catch us on no. the 14th. No. Just cut. Can you just cut everything <laughs> for the last two hours? <laughs> everything for the last two hours. Perfect. So even yeah. before we even before yeah. we before yeah. started, started. <laughs> yeah, before we started, cut that too. It was bad. This is, this is like the, when you listen to the podcast, you jump back thirty minutes. Yeah, that yeah. would be ideal if you put can the get podcast that on Stadia. There you go. Then, oh mm -hmm. my gosh! I was Why don't I we stream on Stadia? Guys, why are we not? Because we wouldn't even podcast... have to record the podcast. It'll just already be done for us. Exactly. We'd, uh, we'd have to pay the game developers. We'd have so um, much more time for activities. <laughs> oh my gosh, so much more time. <laughs> is, this, is this a better outro? Are we doing yes, it right now? Thanks so much for joining this us, and we'll it. catch you next time. See you.
This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Caleb Juno, and Jake John Fetterkyle. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.